This list sucks, this list sucks, this list really sucks. Come next year, you need not fear, this list will still be here. Hey, this list sucks, this list sucks, this list really sucks. Come next year, one thing's clear is this list still will suck. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hot damn. I'm JB. Fucking, I'm Mike. Hey, listen, everybody, props to JB, right? Surprisingly, <laughs> and and I had been secretly hoping that that maybe we could get different riffs on on the lead-in and stuff, and we've gotten some feedback from wonderful listeners that, um, that you know, that they really like um, the theme song and the, and that they get it stuck in their head. And so JB surprises me tonight because we're doing just a bonus episode, right? We're taking a break from the list, which we normally do. Yes. Our the, first bonus episode. Yeah. First bonus episode. And, uh, and so tonight we're going to be talking about Christmas music and lo and behold, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I we thought it'd be super fun. Amazing Christmas jingle. And it was, it was a good time. It was a lovely <laughs> afternoon. Well spent. We're setting a dangerous precedent, though, with you. Like, yeah. now it's going to be... Every we, holiday. <laughs> yeah, like, if we do a special 4th of July episode or some shit like that, it's going to be some Francis Scott Key version of... Right. <laughs> well, we're doing New Year's next year or next week's episode, that, so, so some, I'm already, like, feeling the pressure to... <laughs> to somehow work our jingle into Old Lang Syne or Lang something. Yeah. <laughs> this list, it sucks, it really sucks. Yes. Um, and Maybe listen, not just uh, not just Christmas, which is obviously right around the corner and going to be the topic of tonight's show. But um, shout out, JB's birthday is oh, only a couple hours away. So everybody, go on onto Facebook and wish JB a happy birthday tomorrow, Christmas Eve, baby. That's right. And what you are know, your this feelings a, about being a Christmas Eve baby? Oh, you know what? It was it's great. Everyone okay. always was like, "Oh, it sucks. You only get presents once a year," but. It's like a massive dump of presents. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just like just top loaded, just down the hatch, you know. <laughs> no, it's it's honestly it's fun. It's like a it's like a multiplier for the holiday season. Yeah. But uh, this is honestly one of the best ways I could spend my birthdays doing a this list sucks episode. So I'm mm. I'm stoked about it. Yeah, I'm stoked about it too. Yeah. Um, we're recording this before Christmas because um because. It would be kind of silly to release a podcast about Christmas music after Christmas. Yeah. We thought about doing it Christmas night and it would, it would be fun to like do it kind of like after all the families have gone to bed and do like a late night Christmas night episode. But what's the point of, you know, you guys would hear that the day after Christmas. Yeah. At which and point, a lot of you would be promptly done with Christmas music. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, everybody is probably close to reaching their breaking point on yeah. Christmas Considering music Considering anyway. I feel like it started after 4th of July this year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was certainly like a weird, like, uh, I don't know, the Nightmare Before Christmas felt more apropos this year than anything else because <laughs> it literally felt like Halloween got completely bypassed because of COVID and yeah. whatnot. Literally, yeah. people around Halloween in my neighborhood were putting Christmas lights up. Well, and to be fair, in our house, we almost never put up Christmas lights before Thanksgiving. And it's because... That's my rule, too. Yeah, I'm a hardcore turkey day purist, yeah. right? That's and a real holiday. You can't snub it by celebrating <laughs> Christmas before Thanksgiving. That was always my tradition growing up, too. I mean, yeah. yeah like the, the day after Christmas, 
we would go get our Christmas tree and yeah. stuff. That, yeah. What were you going to say? Same thing, right? Yeah. Like the day after Christmas, like that's, or the day after Thanksgiving is when you finally bust out all the Christmas stuff and get ready for it proper. Yeah. Uh, but this year it was different. You know, COVID was, COVID has fucked up this year so bad. Yeah. That even I gave. And so when, like when my youngest daughter and when my wife wanted to start decorating for Christmas, even before Thanksgiving, I was you like, gave in. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I, because it was just it, yeah i mean it if, it'll, if it'll make you feel better this year sucks enough yeah you deserve it yeah <laughs> like let's do christmas longer and there's a part of me that a because i hate kind of tearing down all of these decorations that i have up in my yeah. house like yeah. and that's just a laziness factor but there is a part of me that because covid is not just going to fucking end after christmas i don't know that yeah. I, I don't know that i'm gonna rush to tear down christmas just leave year. them up till next year <laughs> Last year, I made a huge mistake and waited like three or four days too long in my Christmas tree. I mean, despite watering, it dried out and yeah. it was a nightmare getting it out of here. So I'm going to like basically like 8 p.m. Christmas night. I'm like going to the curb because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had to when it spent like two hours vacuuming. So, OK, so that's <laughs> what I was going to ask. I'm assuming there's just needles fucking everywhere. Yeah. Just Shop vac. I mean, it was <laughs> literally not making that up. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal, yes. brutal, brutal. Yes, it was. So um, not happening this year. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Uh, the bummer about not doing it on Friday is we don't have any new music. And I don't even know how much new music is going to be out yeah. on this It seems Friday. like maybe not an ideal week to... Yeah, to release a bunch of stuff. We'll see, you know. With that being said, though, what I will say about Christmas Day releases, one of the greatest Christmas presents of all time, I think it was like three years ago or maybe four years ago, Run the Jewels, when they released Run the Jewels 3. Was it on Christmas? It was. So they had originally scheduled the release date for after Christmas, but I woke up really early on Christmas morning because the kids were up early and I checked my email and I had an email from Run the Jewels and they were like, Merry Christmas, bitches. Yeah. It's out. And nice. I was like, what? And then so, and so I raced out and I downloaded it and I listened to it at like five o'clock on Christmas morning before everybody okay, else awesome. woke up. Yeah. <laughs> um, not exactly music, but music related there's like a Pixar movie coming out on Christmas Day that I'm kind of excited about. It's called Ooh. Soul. Have you have you read about this? Dude, I want to say I've seen a trailer for it, but refresh my memory. Well, What's it's about a, I'm, I'm looking up the synopsis here. And it, it's like a Pixar movie, but it's, it's featuring Jamie Foxx, and it's about a jazz, a jazz musician. Hmm. So it's like about a middle school band teacher. I'll read the description. Joe is a middle school band teacher whose (laughs) life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he (laughs) travels to another, when he travels to another realm, well, to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. So I'm actually going to probably watch that. Oh my god! I didn't even. So I just literally realized music composed by Trent Reznor. Stop. No, I'm serious. And also John Batiste. And Atticus wow. Ross. Uh, Atticus Ross has worked with Trent Reznor on a couple of different soundtracks now. That's interesting. Point. Yeah. I'm actually going to watch that. I mean, I know it's a Pixar movie, but I'm going to check it out. Listen, if you don't like Pixar... They do well. Yeah. If you don't like Pixar, I don't even know what to tell you. And part of that's because I got four kids. Yeah. Like, all of them grew up with Pixar. I grew up with my kids watching Pixar. and I mean, I grew up with Toy Story. Pixar does it all... the best. Yeah. 
Pixar does it the best because yeah. at least half that movie is for the parents. The other half of it is for the kiddos. And for the most part, the balance is just really money. Yeah. They love putting in like the little innuendos and stuff that only the parents are That only get. the parents yeah. get. Yeah. The wink and the nod to mom and dad. Yes. If I remember correctly, when I saw that trailer for Soul, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Inside Out. Did you ever Didn't watch, watch that one? Out? That's the one about like the emotions, dude. Watch it. Okay, it's yeah. a fucking, it's a banger. I, I feel bad. I mean, I know we're we're talking about Pixar. I haven't really stayed current with Pixar. <laughs> I'm not. I haven't watched a lot of them. Your twenties, you <laughs> broke up with Pixar. Yeah, probably well, I mean, from like probably from like twelve. <laughs> I'm not against it. I just I don't know. I feel like there's a bunch that have come out that I'm that I haven't. Like I'm seeing. Like the people also search for on Google, and I don't know any of these. I did see Coco. Because I like the music-related ones. Because I'm a musician, so I, yeah, I did like the Coco one. But I, I didn't even see Up. I didn't even see Inside Out. I didn't see any of those at all. You should watch them. Yeah, maybe sometime. I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna watch Soul for sure. You know, <laughs> maybe so I'll even watch it on Christmas. So is that streaming on Christmas Day? Is that is that the way that they're doing? Yeah, that? Disney Plus. Nice. Which so, is not sponsoring us yet, but if anyone from their team is listening, yeah, probably should throw us a, at least a couple dimes or something. I know at this point, pick, like Pixar. I'm not going to say you owe us anything, Pixar, but you kind of owe us. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy if Pixar was our first sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> like of all the people, they're like those boys. They use a lot of profanity, but they yeah. really appear to enjoy our films. Every other so. word is fuck, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Good marketing for Pixar. Good, <laughs> thank you, Pixar. Um, so we're not going to do Pixar on Christmas Day. No, I mean I might, but I'm way more intrigued about Wonder Woman eighty four. That comes out on Christmas Day. Streaming on HBO. Max. Holy shit! Yeah, fuck Pixar. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Dude, she has the invisible rope. She has like the fucking lasso, like the truth lasso this time. Yeah, I think she's got the invisible jet this time. That first one was pretty good, and it's still Gal Gadot. Most of the yeah. Yeah, most of the DC <laughs> movies are just, I don't know, not good, in my opinion. I yeah, think they're some not. of them are good. Like Batman versus Superman. That was really bad. Bad. I couldn't even finish it. That was really bad. And for the longest time, I wanted to hate Henry Cavill because I thought that Henry Cavill was just fucking up Superman. I think he's okay. Actually, I think he's really good because I watched The Witcher now on oh, Netflix. Yeah. I and love that. Fucking wit- like, he is, he's top-notch in Witcher. Yeah. Like, really, really top-notch. Badass. I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah, I love how just adult that is. Like, like you, <laughs> you start that off and like you don't know what to expect. Maybe it's gonna be kind of like, kind of PG thirteen ish, and they're just like right off the bat, he like murders like ten people in a town, <laughs> and it's just like in the most violent ways they could even conceive. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it and it clearly wrecks any like th- worries that you may have had about this not being an adult. Series. Yes, I'm excited for the next season of that. Yeah, it'll be good. We should probably do like uh, some some movies on this on this show. I think our I think actually uh, our friend Lee Stamper said something about that. Did he? Didn't he? He, su- Did he, he suggested. Um, we don't have to like pause for this, but I'm I'm gonna pull up his email and see uh, what he. Yeah, we should probably do do some kind of uh, some movie list. I mean, there's plenty out there to choose from. There's a ton. Yeah. And I love movies. We can absolutely get to that. We can absolutely get to that. There's yeah. just, there's so much. There's so much to do. So much. Oh to yeah, do. here I found it. He says, Lee Stamper of OnlyLee.com said, <laughs> "You have to. You guys absolutely have to find a ranking of the best movies of 2020 and do episodes on that." Yeah. 
And so, he wants yeah. us to try and time it around the Oscars. And maybe we can do that, but it's going to have, I mean, well, probably like five. When are right? the Oscars? Let's let, maybe that's what we do. Maybe what we do is we wait for the nominees for Best Picture to come out, and, and we, we do those. There you go. Interesting. Bam. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about that because you know obviously we're total music nerds, and so <laughs> this is going to be a heavily music based podcast, yeah. but not entirely. And I was you know movies are doable. Like I, I've been thinking Very about different so. kinds of lists. Like books would be kind of hard just because. That's a lot. I mean, we'd have to like plan for it there in would, advance. There would only you know? have to be like three weeks between every episode. Yeah, yeah. You guys <laughs> we'll would, be like, you guys would listen, guys. We read us. we read one book. <laughs> yeah, I managed to read one fucking book, and it was a novella. <laughs> you know? I read a short story. <laughs> I read like a Dr. Seuss story. Yeah, classic, classic. Well, anyways, for those who are not aware, today. We will be doing Spotify's list of the top 25 Christmas songs of all time. Yes. This is our first bonus episode. Mm-hmm. More to come. This is the first one. Yep. We finished our first 10 episodes on the big list, which is the Rolling Stones' 500 greatest albums of all time. We'll be returning to that episode 12, January 8th, when we're going to have our first guest for that as well. So yeah. that, that'll be exciting. Yeah, and good albums on that list too. Um, yes. yes. And... Well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that for something else. So, yeah. So, this week we're doing, and again, according to Spotify, they're calling these the top 25 Christmas songs of all time. The only thing that I can, the only thing that I can piece together from that in terms of why they're calling these the top 25 Christmas songs of all time is this has to be a, by most plays. Yeah. Right? It's most, they're the most streamed. Which Across would, their user base. Which would theoretically, I mean, Spotify is the largest music streaming service out there, right? Yeah. By I mean, far, I would think. Yeah, I, I guess I've never looked at like music, Apple Music subscribers versus Spotify Music subscribers versus Pandora, but I got to imagine that Spotify is think winning. it. I think they all pale in comparison. I would, I would say. have to agree. I bet like Apple Music is maybe like 10% of Spotify subscribers. Yeah, that could be true. That could be um, very true. I actually just switched to Spotify personally. I Did was you? on YouTube Music. I was on Google Play and then it switched to YouTube Music and now I'm on Spotify. It's yeah. it's cool so far. The thing I like is like they have a lot of preloaded playlists already because I mean just the simple amount of users like for this I didn't even have to make a playlist. I just like searched on Spotify top 25 and someone had already made a playlist of this. That's awesome. Yeah. Cuz I had to recreate the wheel cuz I'm on Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Um but really but they're all the it. same. Really they're all yeah. the same. I I liked I liked YouTube music just fine. I was on a family plan and yeah. my uh administrator switched it over. Who actually will be our guest on <laughs> for episode twelve? So, but uh, yeah, so I'm on Spotify now, and so yeah, these are the top twenty five most streamed. So yeah. theoretically, these would be like the most popular Christmas yeah. songs of all time. So, yeah. so uh, we'll work we'll work backwards down the list. Yes, just like what we're doing with the uh, with the five hundred greatest of all time. We're gonna stop. We're gonna start at the top, work our way back. Obviously, these are just individual songs, so just nothing. Just just. 30 minutes a hot take. That's yeah. all this is going to be. Just 30 minutes per song, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> now we, we should be done by Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. We should be done by Christmas. But yeah, this will be a little shorter and sweeter, but it's just going to it's just fun. We're just having fun with this. You know, um it is what it is. It's some of these songs. I mean, we'll get into it, but <laughs> let's do it. Listen. Let's kick this thing off. Number 25. 
the number 25 most played Christmas song of all time on Spotify is Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes. And um, and basically what you can say is this classic, this classic snow tune debuted as an orchestral tune in 1949 then had lyrics added in 1950. But it was the Ronettes who made it a big hit starting in 1963. It regularly chops the charts in the top 10 and was the group's second highest chart hit after Be My Baby. We've heard this song before. Yes. Was Oh, yeah, because it was on the fucking... Yeah, because I was pissed off because I, I think I said that I was listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. That's yeah. right. Blindsided by it, too. Yeah, bad times. I actually really like this song. I like the song a lot, but holy fucking wall of sound, right? Yeah. Dude, it's intolerable. And I didn't even really... I wasn't super aware of the wall of sound. Like before we did this podcast, but now and then it was pointed out it. to me, and it just ruins shit. <laughs> you know, I'm just listening to this, and I'm just thinking, "Fuck Phil Spector," yeah. the whole time. Yes, yes. I mean, and and I kind of did the same thing. I um, I, I literally <laughs> my notes on this is bringing up the rear is good old Phil Spector, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but um, the song is great, and they did a good job with it. Like the the runners did a good job here. Is that I assume that's like Veronica Spector doing the uh, doing the lead, and yeah. she's good. I love her voice. I love her voice too. Um, there were like four fucking key changes in this song. I know, and so <laughs> we're gonna talk about that as we go. But there's like I, I, I kind of realized did a little analysis. There's like a formula to Christmas songs, and, and we're gonna talk about it as we go. And it, but, okay, and they're all a little different, but they all the what I'm talking about is instrumentation mm-hmm. and format and just key changes galore they yes. love key modulations yes. I and mean, they're always like half step which by that for the for the non-music nerds means they're just like taking it from one key and shifting it up a little bit so it just gets a little bit higher at a time you know one one at a time and this particular song i think had the most key changes on this list i think it changed keys four times as there is at least three and i think that they're all like half steps up exactly yeah. like what you're describing and there and there could be four, yeah. right? So you get two whole steps. Should we read the description as today's show describes it, like we do with the with the regular, or should we skip that? What do you think? That's what I just did. Did, did you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I was I was the test. You passed. I know it was. Yeah, I know it was. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm for it being on on the list of the, of yes. the top twenty five. I think this song has to be on the list. Yeah, it absolutely has to be on the list, and I wouldn't mind seeing it higher. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind seeing it higher, like kind of leading into the next song that we'll talk about. So And I think we'll talk about this at the end, but there's like some seriously notable snubs on this. Huge snubs. So we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Okay. Number twenty four is Michael Bublé's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Michael Bublé's first entry on this list. <laughs> We'll get further into that. Uh, though the song reaches back to 1934 and has been covered by everyone from Bing Crosby to Frank Sinatra and Bruce Springsteen, this version from 2011 pumps up the big band and jazzy flair. So this is this is this is absolutely it's it's our modern day Frank Sinatra, right? That's what Michael Bublé is, literally. And I wrote almost the same thing, just. Because there's a couple other, if I would didn't make that clear, <laughs> there's there's like there's like three Michael Bublé tunes on this list. Yes, and he's like, I think I wrote down. It sounds like Michael Bublé was made in a like a laboratory for Christmas songs. Just for some <laughs> reason, his voice has this perfect tonality. Yeah, for it. Um, and his voice fits so well with that big band. 
Yeah, and so that's another thing is like the the big band Christmas song is my favorite type of Christmas song. Yes. I, I love I it's just a straight up sucker for big band horns, the yep. swingy jazz tunes of like the like the thirties, you know. And I also like I also like the rock hop type Christmas songs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are there the sock the hop the, let's call it sock hop rock Christmas okay. songs. Because there's a bunch of them. Well, there's at least two or three of them that appear on this list, and I love those two. Okay. Because it's like really nascent early rock and roll when rock and roll was still just kind of cute and sweet. Okay. And so to me, it works beautifully with Christmas because Christmas is just kind of cute and sweet. Yeah. But if I don't get the sock hop rock version of Christmas tunes, I want I want the lounge act. You want the, yeah. And I love that. That for me, that's my. That's that's what really does it for me. Yeah, it just makes it feel yeah, it feels grand. Yep. Um, but that being said, I mean, I wouldn't mind Bing Crosby's version being on this list. I'm a like Bing Crosby fanboy when it comes to Christmas music. That's really about it. I don't really know any other Bing Crosby songs, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when it comes to Christmas music, I'm all for Bing Crosby. And if it was if it was me, I would have just made a list of the top twenty five, and like the top twelve or whatever would be just Bing Crosby's Christmas record. Bing Crosby's White Christmas album would probably be the top of the list to me. Although yeah. I have another snub that I don't want to bring up until we're ready to talk snubs okay. after we've okay. gone through the whole list that I also, every time I hear it, I think about Christmas. And it is not a traditional Christmas song at all. But okay. whenever I say it, I think it'll be like... <sighs> so it like feels like a Christmas song? Oh, it's it's a Christmas song, but it's not a Christmas song. Okay. In, this, in the same way that maybe you won't agree with me at all but for some reason it's not just me a lot of people i've talked to think of the wizard of oz as a christmas movie even though it's really not at all but for some reason people watch it around christmas it's on tv a lot around christmas yeah wow yeah Yeah. i don't ever think about the wizard of oz as a christmas it's really not but for some reason it gets thrown in that category sometimes not by all people that's wild I mean, that's yeah. very well. But I'm not against this one. I like Mike Uble. I like his voice a lot. And it works. like I said, I love the big band. So yeah. and obviously Santa Claus is coming to town needs to be on the list of the top 25. Yeah. So. But I'm also with you. I would probably take Bing over Michael Bublé. Or Sinatra. If Listen, if there's going to be one artist that has multiple entries on this list, which, spoiler alert, Michael Bublé is the only person that appears on this list yeah. multiple times. But if we were going to do that with somebody, I'd rather do it with Bing Crosby. Or Sinatra, right? Um, yeah. 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 Listen, Sinatra's wonderful. And Michael Bublé is, it's kind of like Sinatra anyway. It's like, yeah, it's like a it's rehashing. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, do, he does it well. He's super talented. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to belittle his, you know. No, I'm I, not either. I, I'm a fan of Michael Bublé, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And he works for Christmas. But I'm curious what you think about the next one. Number 23 Shaken Stevens, the song Merry Christmas, Everyone. Like Rhea, or like, I think it's Rhea, above, Michael Barrett, a.k.a. Shaky Stevens, is better known across the pond than in the U.S., but that hasn't kept fans from keeping the veteran singer's 1985 holiday pin in the charts. It was initially to be released in 1984, but Stevens' record label didn't want to compete with Band-Aid's charity single. single. Which is coming up, yeah. Um, Did I you really know of this guy? No. And I think it's because it's, it's like a... It's a British, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's not really very popular stateside. No. Which is where we're at, if that's not clear by our accents. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I yeah. wasn't familiar. I, I don't I don't even know if I've ever heard this one before. It's very 80s sounding. I Yes. It, it has that incredibly thick 80s sound to it, but not the nostalgic 
I love this yeah. 80s sound for me. More like, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt for me. Like reverby delay on the vocals, but like, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to say it like, because not all 80s stuff is like this. And obviously they, they, they discovered, they started doing this kind of stuff earlier than the 80s, but it seems like a lot of stuff in the 80s is like, ooh, we have all this new technology. We're going to use it. And like, they don't really know how to use it yet. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and for me, it's the drums, right? Like yeah. I listened to a, I listened to a podcast or a show at one point in time. Um, and they were talking about like the way that they started recording drum tracks in the 1980s. And it was like a very specific kind of reverb that they were putting on all the drum sounds. In I don't the 1980s. love it. No, it's, and it's super distinctive and you can absolutely tell when, when a drum track was recorded in the eighties and I'm with you, I'm not the biggest fan of it. And you kind of get it in this kind of reminds me of, but I, I'm going to contradict myself cause I actually like this song a lot, but it kind of reminds me of like owner of a lonely heart. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. You know? And that's that. And that's that very kind of stereotypical drum track sound. But from I do the like 80s. that song. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like and I like that song too. Not to get off topic, but no. But I'm for me. I'm probably not going to keep this on my list. You know. Yeah. I'm not going to probably do it either. Um. But I wonder if we were, you know, born in England, if we would say a different thing. But I also agree. this. Okay. So I wrote down. Christmas song. It's it wouldn't be a Christmas song without a key modulation because there was another <laughs> one of those in this song, um, and we have another another uh, aspect of the formula here, which is a saxophone solo. Mm. This is a heavy Christmas thing. They got to have a saxophone solo, or it's not a fucking Christmas song. I agree. Yeah, but yeah, it's not probably gonna. I wouldn't put it on my list either if I was gonna write a list. So, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Number twenty two is Burl Ives. A holly jolly Christmas. Um, and the description on this is simply Ives <laughs> wasn't the first to record that song. That honor went to the Quinto sisters in 1964. That's all I had to say about this. I one. know. That's, <laughs> like some of these, listen, we did not write copy on these descriptions. Okay. No. This was not ours. And some of these descriptions are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, some of these are very Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> yeah. But it's not even the whole entry on Encyclopedia Britannica. It's just the one sentence. Yeah. Not the thesis, but just one of the sentences. It's almost like when they were posting this, to like someone accidentally deleted part of the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, And they were like, no. They're like, fuck it. Let's just, just publish it. Who cares? What a name, though. This guy's name is Burl Ives. Dude, and listen. a hell of a name. Burl Ives, I would argue, once we get to the snubs, Burl Ives could have had multiple entries on this list and possibly should have had multiple entries on this list. His, His voice sounds so familiar, but I can't name off the top of my head what other t Christmas tunes he did. And when I when I tell you like his other probably most famous one in my mind, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Okay. But I don't want to Well, I'm excited you. to hear that. But yeah. I did like that it was kind of like country bluegrassy. Yes. You know? And he had like that deep baritone that he's got to his voice. Like he's holly got, jolly yeah, Christmas. it's it's kind of a good rough and tumble voice, and and it works for me. I love it. it it's very nostalgic. 12, yeah, no, that's yeah. It had a twelve string guitar, which was really cool. I like mm. that a lot. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice. Very that. like twangy, uh, resonant C mm -hmm. guitar. It's twelve string, pretty sure. Yeah, ninety eight point seven percent sure. Not a hundred. Yeah. I love this song, though. I'm definitely keeping it. Yeah, I'm all for this one, for sure. Like, super nostalgic. Love it. Love yeah. it a lot. And speaking of songs we would keep, here's one I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Number 21. 
Coldplay, the name of the song, Christmas Lights. While still writing the song in December 2008, singer Chris Martin played part of it during a 60 Minutes interview. The tune was released officially through the band's website in 2010. A 10th anniversary version of this tune is expected to be out on December 4th, which means it's probably out right now if you're looking for a 10th anniversary of this song. I am not looking for a 10th anniversary of this yeah, song. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, going the other way from that. Now, did you notice... Um, did you notice kind of a crazy time change that took place in the song? So that was the one thing that I kind of liked is like halfway through, they just changed the key signature, or not the key signature, the time, the time signature. signature. I mean, in, just in the feel, it went from like a straight to a swing kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of cool, but it just felt like a cool, a cold play song to me. And it was kind of depressing. Like it was at the end, it was uplifting, but at the beginning it was depressing. It was yeah. like, I don't want to hear fucking depressing. Like, you know, people, we have enough to be depressed about this year. And I know this list is not related to just this year yeah. in general, but like, I don't want to hear fucking whiny, depressing Coldplay lyrics at Christmas. It made me, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. And, and to me, I'm much more into the upbeat and happy Christmas songs. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear some sad ass shit. And that's what this kind of made me think about, but I did love, and I, and I don't think that the guitar and bass did anything different. Like when they, when it feels like, when it feels like they go into a new time signature, which I think I'm with you. I don't think it's a new time signature at all because I think the bass and the guitar are actually playing the same thing. It's just the drums yeah. that starts to accent. It could just be a feel change. I don't remember to tell you the truth, but I, but I wrote down that there was a difference in feel and, and maybe even I wrote down time signature, but it might not be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I wrote down time signature too, because that's what it felt like. But but I did, listen, it made what was otherwise a not very interesting song more interesting. It made my ears perk up, if nothing else. Yeah. 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 But otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one a hard boot. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Coldplay that much to begin with. There's like a couple songs I like, you know, but yeah. I like the song Fix You. That's a nice song. Do you know that one? Yeah, I do. Um, Parach listen, Parachute's a really good album. I can get down with Parachute, and Yellow is a fantastic song, and I can even get down with A Rush of Blood to the Head, which I believe was their second album. Yeah, There's some really good tracks on that album, too, but, you know, it's it's a mood thing, right? Like, you kind of got to be in the right... I I have to be in the right mood to listen and appreciate Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? But I'm there sometimes. I'm there sometimes. I don't hate them. No. It's just not my favorite. What do you think about the next one? Next one. Um, wait, did I skip one? Yeah, I did. Um, I was looking at the wrong one. Uh, number 20, Kelly Clarkson, Underneath the Tree. Another <laughs> encyclopedic <laughs> description. You keep getting all the good descriptions. Written dude. and performed by American Idol winner Clarkson. Tree, in quotes, appeared <laughs> on her first Christmas album, Wrapped in Red, from 2013. That's enthralling information. I'm sure you guys were all wondering when this came out. It was 2013. Let's write that down. <laughs> You probably also wondered, do they abbreviate the title at yeah, all? Yeah, because they or do. Did. They always call it underneath. Sometimes the tree. they just call it tree. Yeah, <laughs> in quotes. So. What do you think about this? Well, you know, this one's like it's actually kind of fun. It's like super fast paced. It's kind of a banger. Um, I've taught this a couple times to students, so that might Have be like really? coloring my yeah. Especially like young young girl students love learning this Kelly Clarkson stuff, and this, especially like around Christmas. Um, wow, that's actually, but you know what? Listen, that's a testament to Spotify not being completely fucking off their rocker. I'd never heard this song before. Yeah, no, it's pretty popular. Is it? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit on the jazzy side, which I kind of like. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Like, is it in my favorite list of Christmas songs? No, but that's because I, I have a specific type of Christmas songs that I like, which are the really old school nostalgic E big bandy Christmas songs. Um, but I can't you know, wait to get your take on the next one then. Like that's that's endlessly fascinating to me to see what you say about the next one. For me, this felt like um this felt like Kelly Clarkson trying to recreate Mariah Carey. And that's how I, I felt, felt about like. that's how I felt about a later entry on this list, which I won't mm. reveal right now. Okay. All right. But uh interesting. It had more of the formula. There's a sax solo. <laughs> And there were bells. That's where the bells start. Yes. So you got to have these these bells. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about sleigh bells because sleigh bells are another thing. All these songs have sleigh bells. That's yes. just a fucking given. Sleigh bells are a staple. That's all you have to do to make a song a Christmas song is add a sleigh bell track. I think it's... Oh, wait. Those are bells. I'm sorry. Those are bells. Or Is that a xylophone? Is that what... It was actually a piano, but it was simulating bells. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. a keyboard. But, uh, My bad. Not those no, types that, of bells, kind of what. Way. I'm, I'm talking more about like sleigh bells. Um, yeah, we don't have them, but we do have. That's not. <laughs> that's not what. I, that's what I was going for. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the bells and, uh, and the, but it has like the bells, like the, the you hit with the hammer. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Like the the stand up bells. I don't chimes. Know, chimes. Yeah. And so, in the sax solo. So it works. It's a Christmas song because it has those things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay um, with it. I'm okay with it on a list. Like I want it buried here, though. Yeah, I think I like buried I think deep. move it a little bit lower. I yeah. think I think knock off, uh, knock off. Merry Christmas, everyone. Shaking Stevens. Yes, and definitely knock off Coldplay. And uh, you can we can put this one on there. I'm not opposed. Yeah, I'm okay with Kelly that, Clarkson's a good singer. I'm with you, uh, but but I do want your take on this. 19 Elvis Presley. Blue Christmas. Several artists recorded the song by Billy Hayes and J.W. Johnson from 1948 to 1956, but it was Elvis Presley's crooning that turned it into a classic in 1957. Where do you, where do you, where does you, where do you fall on this? So here's what I'll say. I'll say when I was talking about my favorite Christmas songs and the the feel of those, this would not be one of those. But I don't hate it. Um, actually, what do you think about the backing vocals, like the? <laughs> did you like that or did you hate it? Because like one of uh, one of our listeners, actually Linda, shout out to Linda. Shout she out. She was she loves this song, but she does not like that vocals. And I actually kind of like those. That um, those kind of revive it a little bit for me. No, no. You hate the the backing vocals specifically. I mean, I don't hate the backing vocals specifically. I kind of hate this whole song specifically. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not like yeah. It's not very. It doesn't. It's not very Christmassy. It just. Right? It just feels like a blues tune, like a blues or not a blues tune, like country, like a, like a country blues tune. You know. Yeah. Um, it's just is it and is it a bummer, right? This is kind of a bummer Christmas song. It's kind of a depressing one. I don't hate he's it. He's talking about a blue Christmas, right? Yeah. Well, I would have a blue Christmas without you. Without you. But he's has her. I assume. I assume it's a her. I don't know. Twenty twenty. Not judging, but uh, <clears throat> she's a unicorn. Yeah, she could be whatever, but uh, yeah. Um, I kind of liked the the slow like ambling feel of it, you know, like doom, 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 It doesn't put doom, me in a Christmas doom, mood though. Doom. It doesn't feel super Christmassy, like you said. It doesn't. There's no sax solo. There's no bells. <laughs> 
There's no sax solo. There's no key change. There's no key change. Yeah. Like it's the whole thing. So how can it even be a, a Christmas song? I I would I would probably keep it um uh, Well, I mean, I'd definitely keep it above like Coldplay for for me. Yeah. And above Shaken Stevens. I would keep it above Coldplay and Shaken Stevens too. And probably even above Kelly Clarkson. Probably would. No, I like Kelly more. Did Kelly you? was fun. Did you? And it better damn be fun if it's going to be Christmas. Better yeah, damn be fun. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's a fucking holiday. That's like, right. Like, we do these holidays. We don't do these holidays. Like, that's the cold, cold play thing. It's like, there's one fucking point to a holiday, and it's like to lift your spirits and to encourage, you know, uh, camaraderie and just singing about, like, sadness. Fucking save it for... Halloween. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Save that shit for Veterans Day. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, come on. Or, come on. Yeah. Let's do this. All right. How about the next one? Moving on, dude. Okay. So 18. This was bad. Uh, <laughs> Sam Smith. <laughs> Sam Smith, have yourself a merry little Christmas. I'll, I'll let you take this. All right. The song first appeared in Meet Me in St. Louis in 1944 with Judy Garland singing. Frank Sinatra also recorded a version with some changes in 1957, and Sam Smith tackled it in 2014. Listen, the first question that comes to mind after reading that is, why couldn't we have Judy Garland's version? Why couldn't we have any fucking other version? <laughs> the thing, this pissed me off. Really did, because I like this song. In fact, I teach it. I love this song. Every year to, to students. I've... I've played it at countless Christmas parties. It's a really, really good song. I know. So this song belongs on this list, but I fucking hate Sam Smith. Really do not like his voice at all. He, he just... It's too... How do you feel about it? I Listen, I'm... Um, I don't hate Sam Smith. Actually, one of my favorite songs is the Sam Smith feature on the Disclosure song on their album Settle. Are you familiar? Really? No. It's a song called Latch. Seriously, it, like... Check it out. Because remember, it's a Disclosure record, so it's just featuring Sam Smith. But it's like that particular track, Latch, by Disclosure, featuring Sam Smith. That's the way that Sam Smith, that's the way his voice works for me. Did he do better on that? You just <laughs> you, you just got to listen to it. Because, dude, he just drives me crazy. Like, way too much unnecessarily unnecessary like inflection that he puts on things correct and, and like the riffing it's just like way too much of it and yeah. i mean not that he's like not he does pretty good at it i guess but like i don't like the tonality of his voice at all like on paper it it sounds it's probably good but it just it just sounds forced there's way too much of it he he sings around the note rather than just singing the fucking note it sounds like he's t doing a little solo the entire time yes. you know and and listen i'm 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 right there with you. And there's if you do too many of these scat run type things throughout a song, it's no longer it's no longer a point of fascination yeah. when that's what you're doing through the entire Every song. line. And yeah. that's what he's doing here. And I just thought and that like pisses me off Sinatra's too. I wrote down Sinatra's version should be on this. Or did, did Crosby have a version of this? I think he did. Pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure um, Bing Crosby has a version of this song. Maybe, um, but but so and 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 my wife forced me to listen to Judy Garland, who I'm was happy the with first that too. It. Yeah, her her rendition of this was beautiful. I thought I'm all about it. Judy yeah. Garland. Yeah, why the fuck is Judy Garland's version not on this? Because she smashes, dude. Yeah, <laughs> she's seriously. really good. 
She's really, really good. I like to think if this was like a panel that put this list together, then Judy Garland's version would be on this. Well, I personally, I think the only reason why it appears on here, because remember, this is like, this is streamer data, right? right? Yeah, it is. It's recency bias. Yeah. And you know what? To the Spotify users out there, shame on you. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Shame on you. Go out and listen to Judy Garland's version. Stream Judy Garland. Wake up. Yes. Come on. Listen. Bad. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, because I'm not keeping him, and Sorry. you're not keeping him. Either. I didn't make I'm you keeping... to read that last one. I, what I, I I forgot to read the description, <laughs> and what I was I was trying to have you offer your opinion on it, but I realized I forgot to read the description. That's my bad. So I'll read the description on this one. Okay, go for it. All right, uh, which is again a shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> you're like forcing yourself into these Encyclopedia Britannica descriptions. Yeah. All right. Number 17, Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. Okay, and the description is, you can't even make this shit up. The former Beatle <laughs> recorded this holiday single entirely on his own and released it in, write this down, 1979. <laughs> right. I know you that's, don't like this song. It's such a terrible description. No, that's actually not true. I, um, oh, I thought you said that last time. Um. Okay, so the the downfall, and this is not a downfall for me, but I was tainted by this song because I'm like I was at the dentist last week, and I was talking with like the dental hygienist. She was cleaning my teeth, and she's and she's cool. Like a lot of the, a lot of the girls that I go that um that do dental hygienist work there, they're also they're big into music too, and they go to a lot of shows. And so I talk with them like all the time about like concerts that I've been to, concerts that they've been to. Dude, and what I, dentist do you go to? That's pretty um, cool. I should. I should Craig Dental up. Center out in Waukee, and know. actually one of the hygienists, like I've seen her at at least four different shows because her husband's really into jam bands too, and so I see her, and it's fun whenever I see her next. I'm like, Jess, what's up? You know, okay, like, hey, can I'm I like, show you something real quick? On my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> concerned. Um, but when I was sitting there getting my teeth cleaned, we were talking about Christmas music because they've been playing Christmas music, and th then those poor girls are just trapped in there. And um and wonderful Christmas time came on and she and and um it wasn't Jess it was Cassie Cassie was literally like if I fucking hear this song one more time <laughs> and so and she was telling me about how it's a race between all of them to like get because it's just Pandora and so when one song becomes too tiresome um they'll like race to either like thumbs down it or thumbs up it <laughs> and sometimes like if the wrong person gets to the computer first they'll thumbs up a song that other. That yeah, just, that the other people are pissed off about it. And yeah. um and so I was a little bit tainted because she was down on Wonderful Christmas Time. She was like, if I hear this song one more time, I'm just gonna go postal. I don't think it was listen, it wasn't that bad, but at the same time, when we're talking about former Beatles recording Christmas songs, the other former Beatle on this list and his Christmas song is just infinitely better uh, than Wonderful yeah. Christmas Time. Well, yeah, I mean the ca the chorus on this is just hopelessly catchy. Mm -hmm. Just simply having a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. time. It's a solid hook. I'm not gonna Super I'm solid. not gonna lie there. Um, I can't help but think this would just be better without the weird synth really? delays. It just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, why are you doing that? That's another thing where I feel like they were they were doing it just because they, they like had this technology and he hadn't maybe experimented it with that much and he's like, It would be super fun to put all these weird fucking delay synths on this song. It just doesn't work for me at all. It's, it doesn't sound like a Christmas song during that section. Obviously the chorus is a 
classic Christmas hook, and it it works there. But there's also no modulation. But you know what there is is sleigh bells. Yes, a yeah. fu- a fuck ton of sleigh bells on top of that. It's it's a very new wave synth. Yes, it's and it's very new wave, but like like not the good kind of new wave. <laughs> you know, it's not like it, Talking Heads new wave. It's like well, but it kind of is though. It yeah. kind of is. Yeah, nineteen seventy nine. That synth line was that like that was the jam, right? And it was actually I would say ahead of its time a little bit because that sound came like full force in like 82, 83, 84. Yeah, I don't know, but he just had this like pan delay thing that just doesn't work for me. I just I don't I know. know. It's okay. Yeah. Would you keep it on the list though? I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would. Because it does kind of make you smile. I mean, I like and the it's chorus catchy as fuck. Dude, yeah. It's just yeah. so like catchy. I, said, I, wrote, I literally wrote hopelessly catchy. What I mean is like <laughs> you're hopeless to get this out of your head the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, you're fucked. You're um, fucked. He did all of the backing vocals himself. That that was kind of was kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, I love Paul McCartney, so I do yeah. too. And I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, we'll keep it. The guitar playing was really good too. There's a sweet guitar solo on that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely keeping number sixteen too because oh, number yeah. sixteen is it, it. In some ways, to me, it's the quintessential Christmas song. Go figure. It's the fucking title of the song. Nat King Cole, the Christmas song. Merry Christmas to you. Also known as chestnuts roasting on an open, open fire. fire. Or Merry Christmas Jack to you. Sniffing at your Bob Wells and Mel Torme wrote the song in 1945. Shout out Mel Torme. Hell of a song you wrote there during a hot summer spell. And the Nat King Cole trio first recorded in 1946. God damn. This guy's voice crushes. Oh, God. This is like Nat King Cole. Yeah, dude. Yeah. This is uh, top notch. This is what I'm talking about when I say I, that I like the nostalgic sound. Mm-hmm. There's not really big bandy, but um, it builds really nicely. The strings. Um, See, this one foregoes the big band for the orchestral strings. But it also is like addition. Like, like, so it starts off kind of strings mm-hmm. and stand up bass and mm-hmm. his voice. And there's some really, really quiet piano in there, oh. but you can almost not hear it. But it's really, really nice. And... But then it adds. There's like all of a sudden there's like a harp glissando. You know yep. what a glissando is? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. For those listeners who don't know, it's like where the harp goes like. <laughs> like where they basically they hit all the notes in the in the scale plus some extras. Um, and then it builds. Like there's, there's like a little solo section where there's an electric guitar jazz solo. Really, really nicely Dude, done. Dude. Really, right? really nicely done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote down this is one of the best on the list, hands down. Yes. This is one of my favorites. And the little Jingle Bells quote at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, on the guitar. Mm-hmm. So it like ends and and it's like and then the guitar's like Yeah. Yeah. Which speaking of In snubs, super we'll sweet, there. like super sweet jazz, like just big, thick hollow body kind of jazz guitar sound. Oh, yeah. That's what I love about a lot of the older tunes on this is the stand-up bass. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So good. Dude, yeah. it's wonderful. I wrote down on this song, and I feel like this sums it up for me. I feel like I could swim in his voice, and the strings are flawless. Yeah, this is like synonymous with Christmas music for me right yeah. here. This one and a couple others that are on this list. I'd move it up higher. I oh, would. I mean, like, I feel like it's got to be like number top five, you know. Um, is it, This is at least top ten for me. Yeah, at least top ten for me. Yeah. So, what do you think of the next one? Yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on, <laughs> fifteen is "Driving Home for Christmas" by Chris Ria. Raya? Do you know? I I have no clue. Okay. So I'm gonna Rhea. say Chris R- Ria. Chris Ria. 
Okay. I went somewhere halfway <laughs> between the two. You literally tried to go halfway. Yeah, I, I tried, yeah. Orchestral, jovial, and old-fashioned. Ria's 1986 song <laughs> regularly makes the top 40 in the UK where it's considered one of the top holiday so- singles of all time. It appeared on the musician's album New Light Through Old Windows. Do you think in Great Britain it wasn't until the 1980s that they decided that Christmas should have songs? Yeah, they're like, the, we need to catch up with the U.S. We got to fucking start banging them out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many of these, and like... some of these were kind of rushed through. Yeah, so many of these, like, so many of these songs are kind of UK only or at least UK exclusive. And they're not they're not stacking up. I got to be honest. The UK needs to fucking step up their game. I agree. I didn't I didn't love this song. I really don't like the guy's voice. I'm going to tell you the truth. It it's like Bruce Springsteen but in a in a bad way. Um and it, it I think that's a much better compliment than what I would have given. Yeah. It, it's not, and I like Bruce Springsteen, but it's just, it's not good. It, it's like this got this graveliness to it that maybe some people like. Um, I think it sounds super cringeworthy and cheesy. Yeah. Not a fan at all. Um, I thought that his tone was just way too rough for a Christmas song. Yeah. Or just for, I just didn't like it in general though. Yeah. But I I agree with what you're saying absolutely. But I just mean in general I didn't like his voice. Like I wouldn't listen to him at all. Um it sounded like elevator music to me too. Yeah. The chord progression. I'm not gonna keep it. Too many major seven chords um in a pop song. Doesn't work for me. I love major seven chords. I love jazz, but in this context it wasn't it didn't work. Yeah. It and like the one thing that pissed me off is there was like a bridge section where it went to like a guitar solo Mm -hmm. or you thought it was going to be a fucking guitar solo. And he started one note and he played two notes and then it went back to the fucking thing. He was like, and I was like, Oh dude, that tone is really nice. It sounded like Pat Metheny almost. (laughs) And then he played one other note. He went do, and then it goes right back into the singing and he just tricked you. So, uh, that is classic honey. dick. Fucking ruined it. (laughs) He straight up honey dicked us. I'm taking it off the list. It's not going on any list. For me. Me neither. Except for the worst songs ever. <laughs> Second up. entry, number 14 from yeah. Mr. Bubbly, Michael Bublé. <laughs> Holly Jolly Christmas. One of the best known renditions of this song is Burl Ives. Heard that name before. Contribution from the 1964 Christmas special Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Who's ever heard of that song? Have we heard of that song? No. Is that song on the list? I don't think it is. Motherfuckers. That shows up on the list at number 22, but Buble made the classic his own in 2014. So Wait, what, what they're shows talk- up on the list at number 22? They're talking about Burl Ives showing up on the list at number 22. But not with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Not with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. At all, yeah. And Rudolph is not getting his. Spoiler alert. What did you think about Holly Jolly? Um, I mean, I, I think it was great. I, I like Michael Bublé. It's his, but it's his second entry, and I just wrote it sounded more like like Sinatra. Um, I mean, it's good. It there's no big bandiness for me, which with with Michael Bublé, I want to hear those horns. Wait a minute, motherfucker! What? Yeah, it's literally the exact same song. As what? As fucking Burl Ives. So this is so. So we talked about how Michael Bublé is the only artist that has multiple entries on this list. Yeah. Um, it ju- it like literally just occurred to me that this is the only song that appears twice on this list. 
This song is twice on this list. Exactly. I li- like. I literally just kind of did a double check and and double ticked it. And yes, Burl Eyes at number twenty two is the Holly a Jolly Holly Jolly Christmas. I didn't realize that either, man. How did that not? I, yeah, I don't know how that didn't register with me either until right now. So but this is the only song that's on this list twice, which is dumb. That is dumb. You should probably just have Burl Eyes version. Yes. And I'm, I like I'm Michael Bublé, but I like him too, and I like what he does. But I'm I much prefer the Burl Eyes version. Yeah, and there's no way that there should be the same song on this list, especially twice. when there's two other Bublé tunes. Yeah, think. Let's move on. Let's move on. Is this me? Yeah, Feliz Navidad, number thirteen, Jose Feliciano, sung partially in Spanish. Feliciano's 1970 hit didn't hit the Billboard charts until over two days at. Two, two decades, <laughs> different meaning there, after it was released, hitting number 70 in 1998. In 2017, it re-entered the charts. Weird. Landing at number 44. I wonder what happened in 2017. Did Taco Bell do a big promotion? <laughs> or Taco John's? <laughs> I want to wish you yeah, a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. God damn. Listen, this I song. Taco John. <laughs> yeah. This song crushes. And I don't this care. This song is dope. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Like this song is just it doesn't get any more fun. No. Yeah, I love this. This is like one of my favorite ones to play at Christmas parties cuz I do do that sometimes. Yes. Um I love the guy's voice. So great. Um totally uh, to use uh, Rex's our sh- friend of the show Rex's words earworm. Yes. Big time. Huge earworm and this if you listen to this song and don't smile it's because you're a sociopath and we should probably <laughs> lock you up in a cage because this song is just so much fun. Yeah. Just so much fun. And I'm, I'm a sucker for the Latin horns on it. Me too. The trumpet. Me too. Um, the harmonized gu- guitar melodies that they had like panned left and right were really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm all for this being on the list. He just sounds like he's having a good time. But I really can't not think of Taco John's. By the way, um, and this is this song, remember, this is halfway through the list, right? This is number 13. And up until this point in time, um, with the exception of one other track, this was the only song that was written by the artist that recorded it. Really? Yes. What was the one other? Well, I don't really want to give it away. Oh, because it's coming up? Yes. Okay, gotcha. The one at the top of the list. The very top? The very top. Shoot. Okay. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I think we're pretty uh, in sync on this one. I think so, too. And the next one we're going to be in sync on as well because this is the only appearance from the fucking man that owns Christmas. Bing fucking Crosby. Bing Crosby. and Bing technic- Cros fucking B. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, this is Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Ken Darby Singers, and, of course, the song is White Christmas. Originally yes. performed in 1941 on Bing Crosby's NBC talk show, The Craft Musical, the song went on to sell over 100 million copies and has an opening verse rarely heard that refers to... An opening verse rarely heard that refers to being in the Beverly Hills, California sun. This song is spectacularly wonderful, and um, it, in my opinion, it should be higher. Yeah. I mean, I wrote down this This is the whole package yeah. as far as Christmas music for me. Um, I, I, I literally wrote down here, this is maybe the most classic version of a Christmas song ever. Yeah. Like, wh- I, when I think Christmas music, I think Bing Crosby. 
And this is probably the best one. I mean, one of the, it's the name of the album. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, by the way, Sam Smith, listen to this and take note because Bing Crosby has a vibrato to his voice that is stunning and it's additive. It is accretive, if you will, to the song as opposed to constantly doing runs and playing around yeah. notes with every single thing that as becomes a distraction. As opposed to detrimental. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, take note, Sam Smith. You can you can sing good vibrato. Yeah. It's doable. Yeah, because <laughs> Bing Crosby absolutely crushes on this. Um, funny story. When I was a freshman in um, high school concert band, we were doing our winter concert. And, of course, one of the songs that we were playing was White Christmas. And a senior in the band, so I'm a freshman in the band, um, a senior in the band, really, really funny guy by the name of Matt. Um, the band director had gone in. He wrote up, like, the playlist on, on on the chalkboard. And I think we were playing White Christmas, like, second or third out of four songs or something like that. And, um, and he, he went up there, like, as people were coming in, you know, people were getting out their horns and warming up. And, and behind White Christmas, he wrote parenthetically, um, the Ku Klux Klan, Ku <laughs> Klux Klan theme. Holy song. shit! Wow, you had a cool band director. It was yeah. really no, the band director didn't. Okay, oh, that was it, your. That was the. the okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a senior. Yeah, he yeah, was a senior trumpet player in the band. He was a really, really funny guy, and that like every time I hear White Christmas, I, f- I fucking think about Matt Valentine. Yeah, that shit no, that's on funny, the chalkboard. Matt. Thanks for doing that. So ridiculous. Matt should tune in. So ridiculous. You should tune in. Speaking of White Christmas, though, yeah, we're having one here, obviously in Des Moines. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Fucking, fucking for, for those who are not in Des Moines, we had a Christmas. miserable. Yeah, it was Jesus. just a terrible. Literally, I woke up this morning. Let my cause my dog woke me up at like four thirty in the morning. Mike was probably waking up and going for a walk or something. Yes, <laughs> I was actually. But I went to back to bed for another good five six hours. No, I'm just joking about that. That's not the truth at all. But anyways, I woke up at four something in the morning. Let my dog out, and I stepped outside for a few minutes because I was like, "What the fuck?" It was like fifty-five degrees. Beautiful. Yeah, and now it's about ten or maybe no. fifteen. No, is it lower? Yeah, the with the wind chill, the wind it chill? feels below zero. It feels yeah. like five or ten. It's below. awful, and it's it, there's there's snow on the ground. Not a lot of snow, but there's some snow. Yeah, um, we are both keeping White Christmas on the list. We love all that. We love this one. Just yeah. get out of here, and I'm keeping the next one on the list too. Actually, from here on out, we got we got solid bangers. We from got here keepers, on out. Yeah, yeah, coming up here. So number eleven, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. The song um, "Happy Happy Christmas, Happy Xmas, War Is Over." The melody for this anti-war holiday classic from 1971 is based on an 18th century ballad about a racehorse named Skewball. I didn't know that though. I didn't. At least know that, that was like an interesting factoid. The other ones have just been like, "This was recorded by this person in this year." You know, at least that's like a something that's not implied. You know, this song, this song smashes. It's so, it's so good. I do think the like little "Happy Christmas" to the children thing in the beginning is a little cheesy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Happy Christmas, Julian. You know. <laughs> well, it's like Happy. Happy Christmas, Google. Happy <laughs> Christmas, Julian. Like yeah. it is a little bit weird, but um, but the song is beautiful. But uh, you know, it's a great song. I love this song. Um, the crowd vocals are just a heartfelt sing along. Yep. Um, I wrote down that I just want to get like like at the end of the Grinch when they're just like all 
the, the Jim Carrey Grinch, when mm-hmm. they're all like just holding hands in a big circle. I want to get just a huge crowd and just hold hands and sing this song. Yes. The war is over. Well, and that's the unique part about this, right? Is this is a Christmas song slash like anti-war, anti-war song yeah. crossover that is, it's really beautiful because at what point in time in the year could you possibly be more anti-war other yeah. than Christmas? It feels triumphant, which is synonymous with the Christmas spirit and that's right. more sleigh bells absolutely. also absolutely. in there too so that's another part of this formula sleigh I'm bells, moving, I'm moving this guy bells. up and as I've already said John beats Paul in the ex-Beatles Christmas off and probably in a wrestling match really? I don't know dude I might take Paul's Paul. kind of thick I guess yeah because yeah. I mean, John's like spindly yeah but I feel like he would just sneak around and choke him out mm-hmm you know, he's got those long arms. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay, number ten is Frank Sinatra's uh, featuring the Beast Swanson Quartet. Let mm-hmm. it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And again, I get the good description. <laughs> uh, this song, penned during a heat wave, hit number one in 1946 with a recording by Von Monroe. Again, at least an interesting factoid that they yeah, wrote it, this song during a heat wave. Side note. Yeah, that's I mean. I don't know that that's any less interesting than Skewball. Yeah. <laughs> fucking racehorse. Um, this song's fantastic, though. I'm a little bit surprised that we only get one Sinatra entry. Although, I can't say that, you know, Sinatra doesn't stick out in my head as a guy that recorded a ton of Christmas songs. But obviously, with all of the Michael Buble entries on this list, you have to. Every time I hear Buble, I think, man, this guy sounds a lot like Frank Sinatra. You yeah. Know? Definitely. It, the, yeah, the tonality is extremely similar. Yeah. Um, but I love this one. It's it's just what I want. It's the big bandy, jazz, swingy feel. Um, I love the walking bass line on it. Yeah. I love the horn hits. I love the muted trumpet that's there. The muted trumpet's the bang. That's the banger. Yeah. That's the real banger. Yeah. So, I mean, this one, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, is just one of those Christmas songs that you look forward to actually, you actually look forward to hearing. Yeah. Know? Absolutely. Every year I want to hear this. Yeah. Every year I want to hear this next song. Number yeah. nine, Band-Aid, supergroup Band-Aid, um, including the likes of Sting, George Michael. I want to say Elton John was part of Band-Aid. Um, he was. Um, Bono was part of Band-Aid. Largely uh, Bob Geldof. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Bob Geldof. Who's Bob Geldof from? Um, well, he starred in Pink Floyd the Wall. Okay. He was he was pink in the movie adaptation of Pink Floyd the Wall, but he was also an artist. Like he was a recording artist in another band, and I don't remember the name of the band. Gotcha. Off the top of my head. But um, do, the art, the collection of artists Band Aid, the song from 1984. Do they know it's Christmas? This song was recorded in a single day in 1984 by a supergroup of largely British musicians to raise money for famine relief in Africa. It sold over a million copies in its first week of release, and this the song's a jam. Yeah, it had a, uh, it had that same kind of '80s drum sound that uh, yes. "Merry Christmas" everyone had, but it was better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this one. It's not one of my favorites. I would move it down quite really? a bit. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Would you? Um, but one cool thing is it it did way better than they expected. It raised like over eight million pounds. I know. Which I don't know at the time whatever the equivalent was in U.S. dollars, and also it it inspired "We Are the World." Yes. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Um, it was a big. The m- little synth line is like super good. 
Yeah. Like, down, 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 down. Yeah. That's what I mean, dude. Like, when you think about the composite, like, when you think about the individual parts of the song and how they fit together to make the whole, it's fu- it's super, super compelling. And then when you start to try to pick out all of the voices that are in there and look at an exhaustive list of all the people that were in Band-Aid, it's, it's a star-studded lineup. Yeah, yeah. Of big, big voices. I wouldn't take it off the list, but I would probably move it down just because there's tunes I like more, you know? That's fair. Like the Christmas song. Nat King Cole should be above this for me. Um, yes, but I, but, but I'm with you because I think you were the one that said Nat King Cole top five, and yeah. and I softened that a little bit by saying at least top ten. And yes, yeah. I would, yeah, I would put, yeah, I would put Nat King Cole above this. I'm with you. Yeah, but yeah, we both like it. Yeah. Okay, number eight is Jingle Bell Rock. Here we get into the mm. real classic ones. Bobby Helm. Released in 1957, this song made early references to rock and roll, which was still a new form in that era, and references other popular songs like Rock Around the Clock. So when I say sock, hop, rock. That's what you're talking about? Bam. Okay. I mean, this is it, right? Well, there's because a couple other ones, like the next song. Yes, like yeah. the next song. I mean, and but when you hear one of these, I think it almost forces you to think about all the other ones that sound like this. Um, for me on this one... I do love, listen, I love Bobby Holmes' voice, but the guitar tone. I was going to say the same is thing. It's just so classic. Dude, it's just, classic. Dude, just the intro, the down, 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 down. See, there's a reason right. we could both sing that. I know. Because that's just, that's just such a good line. It's just ingrained. But but again, for me, it's it's the tone to the guitar. The tone too. is like the twanginess, mm-hmm. and it's like trebly, but it's also the style. It's it's for me, it's the tone, but it's also the way that he plays, which is very limited, especially once they start. It's like more like you know, uh, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, damn it! Like he's very like spacey, and he just yeah. like does these little hits. You know? Yeah. Well, because once the rest of the band comes in, once the bass and the drums come in after that initial guitar lick in the beginning, yeah, then it really becomes more of that classic jazz guitar sound in like a song-serving way. That's right. Like they're not there to be the. You know, they're hidden. Like yeah. that because in jazz the guitar is not a lead instrument. It's a comp it's, instrument. Yeah. That's right. It's a it's a rhythm section instrument. It's supposed to complement the piano and what the bass is doing. Yeah. Right. And that's what it does in the song as soon as the bass and drums kick in. But so, yeah, I love the song. Totally comfortable with it being top ten. And I love it. I love it in the top ten, just like the next one. Just like the next one because the the guitar the guitar is very similar on this one. Mm-hmm. You, you want to introduce this one? Sure. So the next one, number seven, is by Brenda Lee, and it's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. So same description. Rock and roll was still a new genre in 1958, which made the notion of rockin' around the old family tree fairly inventive. By 2008, the song's 50th anniversary had sold over 25 million copies, and Brenda Lee's voice is so spectacular in this. Yeah. Um, And there's just, you know, there's something... There's a reason why these these songs that were recorded in the 50s and 60s are still being streamed today. Mm-hmm. And like something I have to say about like the number one song on this and a couple of other songs are that there's definitely like a bias. Recency younger, bias. Yeah, that's exactly the way I yeah, didn't put it as eloquently. But uh, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for was just the younger people being on, on streaming services in general. But there's a reason that these are being streamed as much as they are. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I do like her voice a lot, but it kind of sounded like she had like a sore throat or something. 
like when she recorded this and, and maybe I'll maybe we'll pull this up a little later. We can't play it now because we'll get taken off of YouTube. But uh, <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll show it to you later, and I'll point out to a couple. There's a couple spots where I'm like, it almost sounds like she has a sore throat. And no, but they, I like her voice, but she has this like tonality to her voice in a couple parts where it sounds like sounds like she has a sore throat, like she's sick. See, and there's a part of me that I kind of like. Um, I kind of like, um, especially a female vocalist that has kind of that that raspiness to them. Like I enjoyed that about Bonnie Raitt. I love how as Miley Cyrus continues to age and get older, like her voice just kind of gets shittier and shittier, but (laughs) in a great way. I watched the very Murray Christmas last night. Yeah. You ever watched that? No, I haven't. Um, And honestly it was, it was not great. It was okay. It was like, it's it's like a lot of songs, a lot of singing, um, which I, I don't know why but Bill Murray would do that because it's not like Bill Murray's a singer, you know. <laughs> no. I mean, he's actually he actually sounds pretty good when he yeah. sings. But uh, anyways, Miley Cyrus was on at the very end of it, and she did a version of Silent Night, and it was fucking great. I'm gonna be honest. She smashes, dude. She killed it. You should listen to that. Just if, if you can watch a clip of that, just YouTube Miley Cyrus Silent Night Murray Christmas. It's like a whole video. She did really really nicely on it. She she goes hard too. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. All right. But yeah, we like this one. We're keeping it on. Absolutely. And you should read the next one because the description <laughs> is right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a me description. Okay, so Andy Williams, number six. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Description, I shit you not, is this song was first recorded by Andy Williams in 1962. <laughs> <laughs> I have time to read that a few more times if you guys want to <laughs> You didn't catch it. Um, the song Andy Williams, most wonderful time of the year. And it was first recorded by Andy Williams in 1963. Surprise. This is um, a wonderful song, though. Oh, God, yeah. It's the most wonderful song of the year. <laughs> um, no, it's a great song. Definitely. It's another just iconic one for me. Very you iconic. Know, blazing, big band sound. I love Super all the flutes. Jazzy. Yeah, the woodwinds and the flutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounds grand. It makes me think of spending Christmas in a big city yeah which i I like i've always liked the idea of i never really like spent christmas in new york city or something like that and this makes me think of that his version of baritone i love like the 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 tonality of his voice is all there for me it kind of remind it kind of reminded me a little bit of the wall of sound um just the way that they had so many layers built in there but i loved it as part of this but it didn't sound like contrived it sounded natural you know it, it it sounded it sounded like a well thought out producer trying to create a vision of what he had in his head, not somebody that wanted to add shit because they thought it would sell records. I agree. Yeah. You know, the one thing I have to say negatively, and it's not even negative. It's just a question is the scary ghost stories line. Like, are they talking about, I was like, maybe they're talking about like Christmas Carol. Um, yes. I actually, I think that's exactly what maybe they're talking they about. just, we're trying to rhyme something and that's what they came up with. <laughs> like I think, I think on that line, it's probably a combination of the two, right? They, they probably came up with the rhyme first and then they were like, no, really there's that Dickens shit. Because when I think Christmas, I don't think scary ghost stories. No, I don't. They're like scary ghost stories. And you know, it's like, no, what? <laughs> you know, there's no, we, we don't tell scary ghost stories. Is this stories Halloween or is this Christmas? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, but I love the song. I'm keeping it on. In fact, it could move up for me. Yeah. It could probably move up for me too. And and that's saying a lot because it's already at number six. But, but especially seeing what's coming next. 
And that's the thing, right? So we're now into the top five. And the top five get really interesting because we've been talking about recency bias a little bit with some of these other songs. And I think you're getting ready to catch a whole lot of recency bias. Oh, catch it hard. Because at number five, we got the Biebs, Justin Bieber, with his smash Christmas song, Mistletoe, featured on the former Teen Dreams 2011. He's not a teen dream anymore. He's a 20-something dream. Uh, Featured on the former Teen Dreams 2011 album, Under the Mistletoe, the song just missed the top 10 in the U.S., but did quite well elsewhere in the world. I had never heard this song before, and... um. I mean, listen, it's like classic Justin Bieber. I'm assuming he has no tattoos when he records this song. Um, and I mean, whatever. It's co- it, it's fine. It's a Christmas song and it's a well done Christmas song. I'm not, it's not number five for me. I'll Dude. probably keep it, but I'd, it's really? going to be sub 20. I really hate that this is on the list. I don't like it at all. That's cool. Um, I don't want to hear shoddy. In a Christmas song, <laughs> the word the word shoddy, and that's in there all the time. It's like <laughs> under the mistletoe, shoddy with you. Oh, and, shoddy! <laughs> I don't even know how shoddy, shoddy, whatever he he pronounces it shoddy. Yeah, right? he does pronounce it shoddy. It's shorty. I don't want to hear that in a fucking Christmas song. I will um, say this: it kind of had like kind of a kind of a Jack Johnson type feel to me. I was thinking Bruno Marsy, mm. like like some of like the like the. Like, uh, what's the song with Bruno Mars where he's like, I don't want to do anything today, just sit around in my birthday suit or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? No. Well, it's exactly that. So <laughs> Okay, I yeah. believe you. Today so I don't feel like doing anything. You know that one? No. I just want to lay in my bed. Fantastic <laughs> song. Bruno Mars is great. But it, this sounds like a Bruno Mars ripoff. Um, with terrible lyrics, I don't, I don't like it at all. Are you kicking it off the list entirely? Oh, entirely. Okay, it wouldn't be on my top hundred Christmas songs. <laughs> That's a bold move. I'm not even like, I'm not even like, oh, I hate Justin Bieber. Like, like there's some Justin Bieber has a couple of good songs, you know, but this is bad in my opinion. I'm, I would probably keep it on the list, but I would keep it really, really low as a, you know. As a modern take on a Christmas song, that's not the worst thing going. Yeah, I'd keep it for me, low. and I totally get that argument. But there's a couple other tunes on this that I would that if I'm going to take do a modern take, that I'd rather have. And we'll, we'll get into a couple of those. Yeah. But what do you think um, about number four? Number four, just me. Yeah. Okay. Number four is Michael Bublé. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. His third entry on this list. Impressive, if nothing else. Um, streamers just love their Bublé. <laughs> whose music has a big orchestral retro feel. This is the first of three songs by the performer with this tune coming from his 2011 Christmas album. So obviously they compiled this list from top yeah, to the from bottom. Yeah, from the top to bottom. Um, but yeah, like they said, three songs. That, that's impressive, you know. I'm going to take Bing Crosby. 100%, yeah. I'm going to take For Bing. this list sucks fans. Yeah, yeah exactly. For the for the seasoned listeners, but I do like the version. It's a good version. Um, I like Bu- the string intro on it. Buble doesn't ever do anything bad. He does every song justice that he covers. That's right. He's a consummate professional. He's yeah. really good, and the way that they build that jazzy big bounds big band sound around him is great. Yeah, I think he's super talented. But yeah, there's there's better, not better, but that. Th- 
I'm going to take that back entirely. It's a great version. Yeah. But there are more classic versions. That's, That's right. That's what the word I was looking for was more classic. I, For me, with Christmas, I'm going to go back to the OG rather than the newfangled version. Yeah. And I'd rather take Bing's. Maybe it's just, but you know, maybe what it is is that, like they said, retro. Like maybe Michael Buble is bringing these retro classic songs to a, to a, younger, to audience a younger audience that maybe aren't otherwise going to be super exposed to it. So I don't hate him for it at all. In fact, I respect him super highly. Absolutely. Um, and but the kids, song should be on the list. The yeah, song should be on the list. The song should be on the list. But kids, go out and, and just listen. Just take a gander at the album, the entire album, White Christmas by yeah. Bing Crosby. Listen to Bing, my man, Bing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he jams. Um, number three, this is mine that I'm just completely booting off this list. Ariana Grande's really? Santa Tell Me. Uh, Grande, who co-wrote the song with Savan Kotecha and Ilya, first performed it in 2014 on a very Grammy Christmas special concert in Los Angeles, was aired on CBS. You're keeping this. Well, I don't know that I'm going to keep it, but uh, so I did write down, I honestly can't believe that this is so high. And I wrote down, it's a byproduct of the streaming age and just the method of the production of this list, which is that it's just highest streams. What was um, this song about for you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there, you know, <laughs> um, it almost felt kind of sexual at times. Oh, did it? Yeah. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, so these are the last three things that I wrote. Is this a breakup song with Santa? Yeah. No, I don't think it was. Is this about sex as long as the guy sticks around? And Santa should know whether or not the guy's going to stick around, so she should give it up to him, maybe? Yeah. Unnecessary. Listen. But for me, <laughs> it, for me, I would keep it on above Justin Bieber. I'll tell you that. Really? Yeah. The weird sexual ambiguity is what makes it even more bizarre for me to, to fucking kick You don't want curb. Santa Baby on this list? That's not one of your snubs. Actually, Santa Baby is one of my snubs. <laughs> and I'm okay with that Santa Baby. Or I Baby. saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> Are we getting down that? Yes, 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 uh, yes. I mean, she has a good voice. There's some impressive riffing on this. And she's a little more restrained. Like she does, like she has like a Sam Smith level of of riffing ability, but, but she's she way more sustained. She doesn't do it every fucking time. She doesn't exercise that. Listen, I actually I like Ariana Grande as a singer. Like, yeah. there's a couple of songs that she's released here in the past two or three years that are just nasty. Uh, Rex Todd earworms for me, and I really really love them. This yeah. one just didn't do it for me. Like there was nothing special about it. I get it. Uh, I wrote. I, I wouldn't have it on the list either. Um, but. There are several songs that I would rather have booted before this one. I will yes. say that. But before, and, listen, because I do want to jump into snubs because I do, like we but can't, right now. Yeah. Well, no, not right now. Let's 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 say what the top two are, because clearly the top two are. Listen, they're both fucking fantastic songs. I don't even I don't even necessarily disagree with their position. To be super honest with you. Well, I don't I agree with the number. Go. Well, on. we'll talk about it. Um, I don't want to spoil or anything. Well, well, I do kind of want to do a spoiler because yeah, spoil it. I think that Santa Tell Me is like a more modern generation version of Number One. Oh, that's how I. That's how I. That's how I thought. I, like, I, I thought that's what it felt like to me. Was that it's like the twenty, you know, the twenty tens version of. Okay, well then, then let's let's cut let's cut the suspense. Then number two is Last Christmas. 
Last, Last Christmas, Christmas by Wham. Is this me or you? Which is a smashing song. We don't even need to read it. Everybody knows Last Christmas. And if you don't know Last Christmas or anything about it, God, get out there and listen to Last Christmas because it's spectacular. I mean, it's... Holy shit, though. We should we should say... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we don't have to read the whole thing, but we should say that there are 1,200 interpretations of this track on spotify on spotify that's fucking nuts but that's how good that song is it's a great song wait so is this written by wham yes was it really yes i didn't realize that yes holy shit yeah and it makes george me love Mike- it even more george michael is uh, uh, george michael was a super special voice dude i'm looking forward to getting to what's the george michael record i'm not faith yeah wait no yeah the wham record well, make it big one? Oh, make it big! I'm looking forward. To, Faith is good, but I'm looking forward to getting to make it big. That's going to be on the Rolling Stones. I think list. both are going to be oh, for on sure. the five hundred sure. because Faith has to be on there, and f- fucking Faith bangs. Michael George Michael is supremely talented. His voice on this is it's it's exactly what you want, right? It's the prime. It's the peak. You get that '80s that '80s retro vibe, that dance synths in there, but, and stuff. but the good stuff, right? Yeah. Like the part of the '80s that doesn't make you cringe, that you really, it, it's super nostalgic, and you just you love that part of the '80s. Yeah, and um, then number one, I like it. I would keep it, <laughs> dude. If you didn't, we were gonna like we, we were, were gonna, gonna go to blows. Oh god, you would win. <laughs> um, okay, number one, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Co-written by Mariah Carey and Walter uh, Afanasif. Well done. And recorded by Carey in 1994. The song has charted every holiday season since its original release. The celebrity-packed video above was released last year in time for the song's 25th anniversary. The song smashes. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. So I was talking with uh, with a fan of the show, my sister. And um, and she actually did like she kind of rabbit holed this song a little bit, and she was telling me that um, that when she recorded this song in 1994, which if you think Mariah Carey in 1994, like Mariah Carey is pretty much at the peak, right? Like at least really she close had to, be to like the 21 or something, right? Yeah, but you got to remember, like her debut album was what? Like nobody could believe what she was doing. She had that amazing range, yeah, and so her. Like boyfriend, maybe husband at the time, Tommy Matolo, that was running Sony Music, he basically shoves her into a studio in July, and he's like, "We're recording a Christmas album," and she goes, "Christmas album? What the fuck? Like Christmas album are for old people? I don't want to record a Christmas (laughs) album." And he's like, "Listen, they set up a Christmas tree in the studio. They're like, we're recording a Christmas album," and he basically told her, "You got to go write a Christmas song." Apparently, she she wrote this in like fifteen or twenty minutes, just like scribbled down some lyrics. I'm super impressed by that, right? And now it's this, which this is a song that everybody knows this song and everybody knows this version of Mariah Carey, right? Because it was like that just super young, but high energy. Yeah. It's banger. Dude, it's a, it's, it crushes. And I'm actually, um, I understand why it's number one. It's probably not my favorite Christmas song of all time, but I get why it's number one. Yeah, I kind of wrote something similar. I was like, this is fucking great. It's Her voice is ridiculous. Well written. I don't know that it's the number one of all time, in my opinion, but it's on the list for sure. What's missing on this list? 
Yeah, that's what we need to talk about. There are some notable snubs, just egregious snubs on this. For me, the biggest snub, because it's my personal favorite, this is like close to my near and dear to my own heart, my favorite Christmas song is Mela Kalikimaka. And it's not on the list. Kalikimaka is a thing to say. There should be more Bing Crosby on this list, but I love that song in particular. I love Christmas Vacation, and I love the scene that it reminds you know. I love it. The pool scene. Yes, I'm right there with you. And actually, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, I own it on vinyl. If you haven't listened to it, just listen to it and put it on. Put it on every Christmas because the whole album's maybe 30 minutes long, and it just it gets you there. It yeah. take it gets you to Christmas. I need to obtain that for sure. You want to know? Um, okay, so a couple, right? Um, for one, have yourself a Merry Christmas from Sam Smith. Needs to fuck off because I believe that Burl Ives does a version of that song, but also Bing Crosby does a version of it. Yes. I'm pretty sure. And, and Frank actually, Sinatra does a and version. Sinatra does a version of it. I would probably take Bing. Um, yeah, I'd probably take Bing or, on yeah. that one. But um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's dude, no Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's no Rudolph. There's no Frosty the Snowman. There's no. And for me, how can you not? How can you have a list of the greatest Christmas songs and not have Jingle Bells? <laughs> like, come on, it's probably the number one Christmas song of all time, right? I mean, like, we talked about this before the show. My my dark horse entry. That has to be on this list for me. I'm going to kick off Shaky Stevens. I'm going to kick off. I'm going to kick off like at least four or five of these. So then I can add the Christmas song that it's not a Christmas song, but it's 100% a Christmas song. Which one? The theme from a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, that is a Christmas song. That one? No, not that one. Um, What's that? Christmas d- time d- is d- here. D- that, d- that's another snub, though. Sorry, yes. Go, you go uh, ahead. No, 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 no. You're right. Christmas time is here is absolutely a snub. But what I was thinking about was the piano. Oh, isn't that just the Peanuts theme song? Well, no, it's no, it's not the Peanuts theme song necessarily because they all like I want to say that they only did that for, for the Christmas. Yeah, special? for the Christmas special. You could be right. Yeah. But that definitely feels Christmassy to me. Super Christmas. Like that's another one of those things that like it's not necessarily content wise Christmassy, but it feels Christmassy. That's right. It it makes me think of Christmas every time I hear it. But you you reminded me how is Christmas time is here not on this? Christmas time is here. It's so beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Like jazz that's tune. that's a hauntingly beautiful song. Yeah. There's no silent night. No fucking silent night. Yeah. Which is criminal. I, mean, I think I hit the main ones I wanted to mention, but uh. Yeah, some serious snubs on this. Yeah. Um, but the list is not terrible. It does suck. The list sucks. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They all do. They all do. Every fucking list. They all do. But um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's that time of year to go out and listen to Christmas tunes. And so if you pull up this playlist on Spotify, there's a lot of bangers on here. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff. But listen. Yeah, play it. Put it, on the, put it on the background. Yeah, do it. But... Don't sleep on don't sleep on the classics. Don't sleep on the stuff that listen, we sang growing up, right? Frosty the Snowman. Don't sleep on Bing Crosby. Jingle Bells, Rudolph yeah. the Red Nose Reindeer. Yeah. There's plenty of other stuff to help you get in the mood. Yeah, agreed. But we love you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And uh we're gonna send you out with another rendition. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
This list sucks. This list sucks. This list really sucks. Uh, guitar. Smashes. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye.